Hi, I'm Maria Theharis or Velosos on social media. Welcome back to Save 50 Podcast on Soul Organized Style. Grab a cuppa and relax with us. I begin today by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast and pay respects to the elders past and present. Many thanks for the ongoing support from the Patreon community for Soul Organized Style Podcast. Your ongoing support every month keeps me developing these podcasts so you and our listeners can hear from sellers from all walks of life. So Over 50 intersects with all sewing communities. We're a community that is so over ageism. Our focus is the sewing talent each person shares on social media and providing recognition of their willingness to share their skills, whether a beginner or an experienced sewist. Over the past couple of months, I've been working behind the scenes on the Sober 50 account, so hopefully you'll hear the voice of many new sewers on the podcast going forward. Today, Jill Gonzalez, or at Sewing Sensation, is today's Sober 50 podcast guest. Thank you for inviting me into your home today, Jill. I'm glad that you're well. (laughs) I'm well. I am. I'm a casual person. I live in Florida. (laughs) And we did go to Florida for a few days. We did do Epcot. That's my favorite. But out, outside of the parks, I loved NASA. That was so fascinating. It is. And, you know, do you know how many times I've kind of gotten a little, eh, whatever, you know, over it? Because, I mean, I go out my backyard and I can see the lift. Up. I mean, not close, but I can see them go up. Yeah, I, I've been to NASA many times. And of course, with the school, school trips, you can go alligator alley there. So you'll see a lot of gators on the side yes. of the road, right? That's what we saw them. Yeah. You know, I just go out in my backyard like, oh, another lift off. I mean, it, they're very frequent. And I've even been on the beach and seen them. And that's a gorgeous sight. You know, you look down because Titusville is from my house. It's like an hour. And I go to New Smyrna Beach, which is south of Daytona Beach. Most people have heard of Daytona Beach. And then Titusville, which is where NASA is, is or Port Canaveral, is just south of that. And I think if people have never been, one of the things that you don't realize is that the astronauts that went out initially, the capsules that they were in were tiny, absolutely tiny. I couldn't do it. I would have such claustrophobia. I, mm. I, I couldn't do it. I, I, you have to have a lot of respect because they're super smart people, you know, like I, I, that's not for me. I can reap all the benefits and the technology that we've gotten from there. And of course, I don't know if you remember at Epcot, you know, where you can see all the plants growing in, in the, the land pavilion. And a lot of that was inspired, the hydroponics and all that was, was inspired through some of the things that Nassau did over the years. It's amazing. It is. Your surname is definitely Gonzalez? Yes, my husband is from Puerto Rico. Oh, okay. And people can find you at Sewing Sensation on Instagram. That's right. And how did you come up with that name? It was just like a quick, I need a name. You know, I already had an Instagram account for my business and Facebook. I already had one for that. I'm like, I got to come up with just for sewing. And that just kind of, I'm like, okay, that's fine. So it was kind of like a spur of the moment. No big meaning behind it. I've been sewing for so long. It's just a part of who I am. It's very integral, isn't it, when you've been sewing all your life? I know. I hate to even say that I've been sewing for over 50 years. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> which brings me to 
When did you discover the Cyber 50 community? It took a little bit of time. I've sewn all my life and done so many different crafting. And during the pandemic, I just started back again because my husband and I were both at home a lot. I was still working as a realtor, but my husband was home a lot and I just, we needed a little space from each other. (laughs) We couldn't be in each other's pockets all day long. So I had some unfinished projects and I pulled them out. I finished them up. And then what I realized, I'm like, God, I never even listened to a podcast before then. I really didn't have time. You know, I worked a lot. So I started listening to podcasts and someone mentioned it, you know, and they talked about hashtags, which I wasn't fantastic at, but I really had only done them for my business. And so I started looking and I started, I, it kept, kept coming up. I'm like, sober 50. I'm like, okay, well, yeah, I am. All right. I'll admit it. I just kept finding out more and more about it. So I think what y'all are doing is very important. And it really annoys me that not very many companies will show people besides like a 20-year-old. It really bothers me a lot. You all just had a challenge to pair that. And I was like, wow, I don't even have any. There are a couple of companies that I buy from that have it, you know, that will do a little bit, maybe one out of five patterns or something that they'll show. And it's a shame because... I have some disposable income and I still go and do things just like, you know, I was in my twenties or thirties or forties or fifties, you know, I still go places. I still want nice clothes and different clothes and fashionable clothes. So I don't know why that is. Why do they think we're not as important or I'm not really sure what the answer to that is. Maybe you know it. Uh, you look, I agree that doesn't matter what age you are you still have a social life you still have things that you do and you want to look the way that you want to look whether it's on trend um, something that appeals to your aesthetic like you know you might want to dress in vintage style clothes and it would be really nice to see all of those designs on bodies on mature bodies as well as the 20 year olds and thank goodness there's hashtags that I can go okay, I kind of like this pattern, but gee, what does it look like on someone that's got a few more curves or that are a little bit more mature, as my mom would say? Yeah. And so that has been a big help because then I can look and go, oh, okay, that looks good. Uh, I can try that. And then I think it'll look good on me because who wants to make something, spend the money on nice quality fabrics and time. And you're like, oh, this is not good. And that's how I found you, through following the hashtag, the Sober 50 hashtag, and you've been working with silk lately. So what made you decide to start using silk? I'm not very good at it. I'm going to admit it, but it's a learning curve. My daughter's getting married at the end of the year. I just couldn't find any dresses that I liked. And I said, you know what, maybe I'll make one. And then I said, well, if I'm going to make one, I'm using silk. She's getting married in the Keys. And December, it's still in the 70s. It's so warm. And I said, you know, polyester is not good for Florida. I'm not saying I don't work with it sometimes, but really cottons and linens and silks are really the best option because they're breathable. It's warm here all year round. Those were the kind of the two reasonings. So I said, well, I'm going to start practicing. My first one, I think the pink dress (laughs) was not great. I mean, it's wearable. And I'm going to make some adjustments, but the tension and all that. And unfortunately, I don't have any friends. You're one of my friends online and listening to your podcast. 
Sewing is a very alone hobby. You know, I have to go to my sewing community, which is fabulous, and say, hey, what's going on? I ask for their opinion. I make that clear, whether it's negative or positive, or give me your options, or what do you think? Because I want to learn. When you posted up the silk dress, what sort of advice were you given, or what sort of guidance did you get? When I posted it, you know, I did say, first of all, I I do wish I would have done French seams. I try to go and do that extra bit because I'm spending nice quality fabrics. I try to buy designer dead stock and I buy, I try to buy quality fabrics. It did pucker a bit. There were two things. Number one, I had just gotten a machine given to me because my Elna after 28 years just was not working very good. So one of my clients says, I don't sew. This is like a brand new machine. It, It was that. Plus I didn't know what I was quite doing. And then I had some issues with a little bit of the fit. I wore it for Easter Sunday. And I'm like, this is not quite, you know, the straps kept falling down. So the beauty of the sewing community and working with indie patterns makers is the pattern maker did DM me and say, hey, try this. So you got a DM from the indie pattern maker. Yes. And that one was, I think that's a so love pattern. I have reached out to fabric companies. I mean, I'm not shy about it via email and they've been really gracious. And I think that is a little bit of a difference, but it is so nice to be able to hear back from them and go, oh, they've got a solution. They're just not like, oh, well, that's their problem. Yeah. When things work out, you tend to go back to that same, I do anyways, that same company. If the directions are clear or they have a video, if that's what you need. I want others to help me and then I want to help others. Yeah. Pass on that information. All the things that you've learned now that you've had a go at sewing with silk fabric and you've got a better idea of the type of seams, possibly the machine needle, the length (laughs) of the stitch, you know, we're getting really nerdy here, but it makes a big difference to how it turns out. It does because I'm like, wow, you know, like it's not my best make. And I think I'm kind of coming to the, realization that I'm like, well, gee, some of these patterns that I made a couple years ago when I first started back sewing, well, okay, I think I'm going to remake some of them. I mean, the fitting is always a hard thing. I think that's the hardest thing that I come up against, but I'm going to keep trying because I'm not going to give up. I want to get better. And you've got this deadline of your daughter's wedding coming up. I don't know if I'm going to make a dress for myself, but we are going on a little vacation to the resort in the Keys. So that was one of the dresses, that pink dress. I am going to fix it and I am going to wear it just because I see the flaws. Interesting how other people post and they point out the flaws. Whereas anybody else is like, wow, you made that? Okay. They don't look at the flaws. You know, they don't see them, but we do. I have that trip coming. So I'm like, okay, I got to have dresses. It's going to be hot. I'm working towards that too in between the other things I've got going. (laughs) The other thing that I saw on your Instagram account was you're using the ruffler foot. Uh, Do you, have you used one before Maria? Actually, no, I've not used the ruffler foot yet. The ruffler foot is challenging. Once again, okay, let's try something new because I'm making five of these ropes. I already made one. That was a test one. And I couldn't get the fabric to just, you know, you usually, when you ruffle something, when you create a ruffle, you use a long stitch. And I'm like, this is way too long. I need 132 inches of ruffle. That's not even including the arms. 
I need a better way. And I had seen, I think it was Tilly and the Buttons and yeah. somebody else posted because I didn't even know there was one all these years. And I didn't even know half the stuff that's available. My Elnish machine had so many attachments. I never used them. <laughs> and I'm like, why didn't I look into it? Maybe it would have been something I would have, but now I have more time. So I love using it, but it's a love-hate relationship. <laughs> You've got all of these ropes to make, so that's why you had to use the ruffler foot. Yes, and I watched the video, which I did want to give credit to the, the person, and she that did help me. So she helped me get that on, and it's still not the same. I did call the Brother Sewing Company, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, I'm just reaching out. Why not, you know? And, you know, she's like, well, you need to adjust that tension. So I did that. And I mean, it's still sometimes, you know, I have to like redo it a couple times. That's why I put in there because I thought, you know what? I don't want someone to have all the anguish I had in using this. And I'm still not done using it. And the way it shakes kind of the machine, and maybe it's mine, but the screw comes undone. You do not want that. I probably went through four needles that broke. And I'm not done using it. I still have more. I cut out some more links to ruffle up. But it's an amazing tool and getting it to work, you know, and it does work. You have to do it the right way. And that's why I thought maybe somebody else will want it. You know, I, I'm not really good about doing the video, but I can list it. And then hopefully I can help somebody else go, okay, yeah, I can do this. It's going to be frustrating. Yeah, let's let's learn something new. And it's a cool thing to have. And it makes a beautiful ruffle. It really does. Those robes are going to be cherished because you made them. Yes, and two of the four girls that are in the wedding, I've known them since middle school. I mean, I think one of them, I've known her since maybe elementary school, church, you know. And my daughter got this from her inspo, <laughs> the <laughs> slang of the day. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's got a narrow sleeve. You know, I looked all over for a rope pattern. All my rope patterns, anything I found had like a raglan sleeve. And I'm like, well, this isn't going to work. So that's when I went to a vintage and then I'm not really great at hacking, but this is a way to start learning to do things. Why not try? Try something new. Try. Get your skill level up. You know, even though you've been saying all of your life, because of COVID, you've picked up the skill again and you're continuing to learn something new every day. I know. That's the exciting thing to me about sewing. I mean, I learned to sew pretty young. You know, I was the youngest of eight kids. So I had to sew because from a financial aspect. And so I learned to sew that because of that reason. And when I was in high school, this is a funny fact. My junior year of high school, I was probably 16. They had a talent show. Well, I can't sing. I can't dance. I'm not that musically inclined, but I could sew. So I did a, I did a little runway show and I had a couple models come in shorts and a shirt and I made a bathing suit I made a suit and I wore that to what we call here grad night so when you're here in high school and I don't know that they do it anymore Disney World used to have you go to the Magic Kingdom and they'd have bands there you just go all night long and they opened it up to seniors so you know we all went and I saw some bands and that's what I wore <laughs> funny huh Wow. And I mean, everybody knew, they all, they said, oh, you're going to be the first one to get married just because I liked home things, you know, because I like to sew, because I like to bake, you know, I was always baking yeah. and they're like, oh, you're going to be the first one to get married. The first one to have the kit. I was pretty much the last one. 
Interesting, huh? Life turns out differently than we expect. During COVID, I was home a lot. I was doing all virtual type showings on homes. I learned to smock at this company that's still in business, a fabric company. And I learned to smock when my daughter was a baby. It's kind of a, I'm going to say Southern kind of thing, you know, even though I don't really know that Florida, even though we're South, Southern estates would be like a Tennessee, a Mississippi, a Virginia, you know, those are the states that I consider Southern. And so they have like major shops and people are doing fabulous things. Yeah. And I'm not that good, but I started picking it back up. And so I made some things. And I don't have any grandkids, you know, I have some, you know, great nieces, but I'm like, I'm just going to make them because I want to make them because it's a challenge. So I bought my own pleater. And so I have lots of tool things here and I conquered how to use that. <laughs> and you forget if you don't do it, you haven't done it in a while, you forget. And picture smocking is, it is a lot more complicated but of course, that's what I really like to do. So I've done like paper dolls, some Christmas trees. And my daughter's like, Mom, why don't you just make them and don't give them away and just put them away. But, you know, when I have kids, then they'll have something because in my family, the kids, anything that I make, then they let their kids use. And then it kind of goes around the heirloom sewing that is. Everybody should give it a try. You know, I'm all over the place with my sewing, but, you know, it keeps things fresh and new ideas going on. What advice would you give someone who is thinking about sewing with silk? Seeing so that's where we started from. Yes, that is where we started. <laughs> Get the right needle. Practice a few, quite a few stitches. I don't usually make muslins, but I wish I had it because if I'd done that, I would have been more confident and would have done different seaming instead of just finishing them off with my serger. I think watching videos is a very good thing. I think that having the right needle, making sure that tension and try something simple first. You know, I, I can't do that. I don't know why, but I should, you know, like, why can't I do that? Why don't, why don't I listen to myself? But that is what I've learned. And I, I hope other people got something from some of my posts. Yeah. I hope I'm teaching other people or showing other people a type of fabric or a design and how it looks different and I mean, sometimes I think, wow, I would have never bought that fabric. And then when I see someone make something, I'm like, wow, that looks pretty good. I would have never picked that fabric at all. So it's important to share and to make comments and engage with other sewists. And I think that's the really good thing about the Sub50 hashtag is that you can find lots of different people doing so many different things. And your experience with Silk, was actually a really good way for others to learn that, okay, you can try it on something that you would like to wear and eventually you'll get it right. Exactly. And and you just can't kind of give up. I just try not to give up on projects. I just try to keep moving along. And I think when I listen to your podcast and other sewing podcasts, I follow other people. You know, now I learn about, oh, this person's talking about such and such and they mention them. And which is kind of, you know, they mentioned your podcast. And so this is how I found different sewists. So like, so it gives me an opportunity to follow somebody else that maybe I don't do the same work, but I can certainly appreciate it and get inspired to be more creative. So thank you for constantly doing the podcast. I know it takes your time and effort. A, it doesn't matter. You're just going to can constantly learn no matter what your age is and 
sometimes I just think, wow, how did I go this long? And I never heard of a ruffler. I never really worked with silk. Yeah. You know, I think the world has opened up being able to, you know, shop online. I can, you know, buy from all over the world. And um, I think that's a really fantastic thing. The sewing community is very gracious. I will say that. And I'm, I'm glad to be really so glad to be a part of it. I just wish I had, you know, some of my friends were interested in it. My daughter, the pharmacist, she doesn't live here, you know, and it's not been her thing. But my son's girlfriend, she's doing some crochet and it's some macrame. And so it's different from what I'm doing. I'm like, yes, somebody is, you know, doing something creative. They understand me, you know, they get it. <laughs> That's good. Jill, thank you for coming onto the podcast. You know, we started from saying with silk and the ruffle foot. <laughs> But, you know, you've come and given us your time and we've seen how you make the most of every opportunity when it comes to your own creativity. So thank you. Oh, thank you. I, I do talk a lot, but it was great chat with you. And I learned some things about you. You're welcome. <laughs> Anytime. It was great chatting with you. And it's been lovely to connect with you. I'm so pleased that you said yes. Again, thank you so much, Jill. All right. You take care. This episode of Sab 50 Podcast on Soul Organized Style was produced by me, Maria Thea Harris, with permission of Jill, sound by bensound.com. Listeners, please direct message Judith and Sandy at Sober 50 to give them your support for the Sober 50 account. If you have time, also let Judith and Sandy know how you'd like to support Sober 50 behind the scenes this year. Remember, you can catch Sober 50 Live on the Sober 50 account if you miss watching them on the day. You can subscribe to Soul Organized Style Podcast, but with an S, not a Z, on all good podcast apps. If you are a YouTube person, a library of Soul Organized Style Podcasts are being loaded onto the YouTube account with a few visuals to really show you what we're chatting about. Make sure you go back and listen to our free Sub 50 Podcast archive. And if you can, consider supporting the production of this podcast on Patreon. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone.